Hello, Vitality Explorers. Dr. Alan Mishra here from Vitality Explorer News with another edition of the podcast. Our goal, as always, is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. And we also try to take the friction out of staying vital by giving you specific, actionable, and scientific information about how to improve your physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. We'd like to jump into the podcast with a quote, and this one has been attributed to C.S. Lewis, and here it is, quote, you are never too old to dream big. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of modify that. I, I would say you're never too old to dream big, or you're never too young to dream big, okay? So this week, we're going to go over three different uh, topics from different sources. One is uh, what somebody who is spending $2 million per year is doing to sort of search for the fountain of youth. Second is how to optimize your sleep right now. And then the final one is weightlifting for your lungs. So this idea of spending $2 million per year is, is, comes from this guy named Brian Johnson. Uh, and he's a 45-year-old technology mogul who has been who made a lot of money selling his company Braintree to eBay. And if you're looking for any of the the data and the background on the information that we're going to talk about in the podcast today, you can find it on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. You can also sign up at vitalityexplorers.com to receive a free text message each week with links to information that can help you lead your best life. So Brian Johnson made hundreds of millions of dollars selling his, his company to eBay, and now he spends his time and his money trying to figure out how to slow down or even reverse the aging process. And a couple of weeks ago, I got a chance to see him speak at a conference that was held at the Stanford University Medical Center, and it was sponsored by the genetics department. And I wanted to go over the bottom line from his talk. And I think it's kind of interesting because this guy, again, is spending $2 million a year trying to stay the same or reverse his aging or slow down his aging. And his takeaway message was to get the basics right first. And so this guy has 30 people measuring dozens of physical and blood-based parameters. In fact, there's a picture on his website where it looks like they're drawing 25 vials of blood. I'm surprised he's, he's at all vital given the fact he might be anemic from so much blood being drawn. But he has people like design MRI protocols to look at his thymus, which is a little gland in your neck. He also gets you know laser treatments and ultrasound scans. Um, you know, it's just amazing how much he is doing. And then he also includes, you know, routine measurements, things that are just like blood glucose, his O2 measurements, his VO2 max, his hearing, his eyes, and even in the air quality. Uh, but Mr. Johnson's on a mission, on a quest to identify how, again, to reverse or re- uh, reduce the aging, reduce the process or the speed with which we age. And he doesn't even believe in what Elon Musk calls First principles. He does. He discussed this idea of something called the zeroth principle, and I wasn't really familiar with that. But um, he has a website called Blueprint, and you can look it up again. Brian Johnson for more of the for more of the reviews and the references. You can see it on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. But this idea of the zeroth percent uh, uh, principle, zeroth pr- principle. It's kind of hard to say. Um, you know, is his idea is that talent, you know, aims at the first principle and genius ends at the zeroth principle. Um, And talent, this is a quote from Arthur Schopenhauer, quote, talent hits a target no one else can see. Genius hits a target 
excuse me, talent hits a target no one else can hit. Genius hits a target no one else can see. That's the quote from Arthur Schopenhauer. So what he's trying to aim at with his work, spending millions of dollars a year, is to try and find something that will slow down aging or even reverse it. Uh, and he claims right now to be five years younger than his chrono chronologic age of 45. And he has, uh, on the paced average, 10 years young, you know, average of aging of about a 10-year-old, and claims also to have 50 optimal clinical biomarkers. And during his conference talk at Stanford, he compared himself to LeBron James, which was kind of an interesting idea, because that LeBron James spends about $1.5 million a year trying to keep himself in shape. Now, obviously, he's an elite basketball player, Hall of Fame basketball player. Some people call him the GOAT. Uh, and he's getting older, so he, he knows he has to do whatever he can to optimize his body. But Brian Johnson's con concept is, if he's doing that, why shouldn't I do that? And he now calls himself a, quote, professional rejuvenation athlete, PRA, professional rejuvenation athlete. Very interesting, right? So he has the resources to do whatever he can to optimize his body. Uh, and he said he thinks that humans can live up to 150 years. He doesn't really say that too often because he thinks my pe people might think he, he's crazy. I think the oldest person is somewhere around the, uh, living right now is 117 or 118. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that somebody listening to this podcast right now may may live to 150 years. Um, but that that idea of getting the basics right first was really fascinating to me because again, this guy's doing anything and everything he can, but the idea of getting everything you can correct that's in within your control before going on to the exotic, you know, stem cell injections or young to old blood transfusions or all kinds of fancy things. It, it resonated with me because I believe that our vitality is connected to eight different parameters that I call the vitality octagon. And again, you can find that on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, but that includes optimizing things like hope, time management, sleep, fitness, identifying or pinpointing our peak purpose, our service to others, our closest to others, and especially our discipline. So we've explored these topics many times on Vitality Explorers, but you know, beginning with the next you know, discussion point here, we're going to talk about one of them that really matters. Um, the other thing I found about Mr. Johnson's approach is that he's so, almost solely focused, as far as I can tell, on the physical aspects of well-being. So I think he may be brilliant, and he obviously has the resources to do what he wants, but I suggest he also looks into the social, mental, and spiritual aspects of vitality, because these all do matter. And that's not my opinion. There's massive, massive data behind that. So you could be the physically most fit person in the world, but if you do not have social, mental, and spiritual well-being, you will not lead your most vital life. So kind of the idea that we've had on Vitality Explorers for a long time is that vitality is a skill. My suggestion is that we optimize the basics first before going on to fancy things. And the, one of the most important uh, is our sleep. So the second thing we're going to talk about, and this is the first in a series of things we're going to do. And right now I am teaching my um, Energize Your Life course at Stanford. And this is one of the modules that we do. And it's called Optimize Your Sleep Now. And we try to understand about why sleep is a superpower. And it's a quote from Leonardo da Vinci, quote, a well-spent day brings happy sleep, 
Okay, and much of what I'm talking about can be found in the Dare to Be Vital book, which you can find on Amazon. Um, but the, the, the slides are also up on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site if you're interested in reading or seeing those. So we start with sleep because I believe it is the foundation of our physical and mental well-being. I, I put it the center of a graphic on your physical vitality skills and sort of a triangle. And on the outside, you have flexibility at the base. We'll talk later about that. And next week, we're going to talk about an article about flexibility and why that's insanely important and stretching. But strength, endurance, and flexibility are the three components of physical vitality that people, myself included, think about most. But what we don't realize is that sleep, diet, and weight matter. And sleep matters probably the most. Okay, So that's why we're going to take a deep dive into it. You can see other posts on Vitality Explorer news that talks about how sleeping helps you lose weight, very specific hormones, and how deep breathing can be a zero-cost way to enhance your sleep. But for now, we're going to talk about why, um, you, or excuse me, how you can learn how to sleep better. And here's my suggestion, are three specific Vitality Explorer sleep principles. Number one, set an intention to sleep well. Okay, that sounds a little dumb, but if you don't really, really commit to it, then you're not going to be able to sleep well. And the second one's connected to the first. So the first is to set an intention to sleep well. Second is to make it a primary priority. All right, put it at the top of your to-do list. I'm going to sleep well tonight. I will sleep well tonight. And the third one is to develop a personalized sleep action plan. So we're going to go through that over the next few minutes here. The first part of, uh, I suggest is to just just keep a, a week-long sleep diary. It's an excellent way to determine if you're sleeping well or if you're sleeping poorly. And, and the basics of that are pr pretty simple. Like, what time do you turn the lights out? That may be 10 o'clock. That may be 9 o'clock. That may be midnight. Whatever you turn the lights out is when you're trying to go to sleep. And then what is your, quote, wake-up time? Now, your total sleep time is the time in between. And then you can give yourself sort of a parameter of how well am I sleeping? And then some comments about that. Well, I was 6 out of 10 because I was stressed at school or I was stressed at, at work. Now, this sounds very simple, and I know there's a lot of wearable devices that are going to give you a lot of data. Let me give you a little hint on this. A lot of that data is dirty data. It's not super, super well validated. So whether you're wearing a little band, a little ring, a little watch, or if, if it's even embedded in your, in your bed, it's not perfectly validated. I think all of us know whether we slept well or we didn't sleep well. So I would love to have somebody do a study where they say, you know, I got a six or a seven out of 10 as my sleep last night and see if one of those parameter devices can be matched up against your own internal spidey sense of how well you slept. So one of the first things that I, I recommend in order to optimize your sleep, in addition to setting an intention, is to eliminate life leaks. Okay, and what I mean by that is things like gossiping, complaining, too much social media, or watching or consuming videos or other things online that are just nonsense. So all of us, I believe, are wasting about a thousand seconds a day doing stuff like this, and that's 17 minutes. So when you eliminate those life leaks, you can put that towards sleeping better, okay? Sec sec step two to better sleep is to identify ways to relax. Okay, our days are frenetic, right? We're constantly being inundated with messages and alerts and, you know, bing, 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 ping, 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 ping. And one of the things we need to do is kind of figure out how to slow it down and also burn off excess either physical or mental energy. And the number one way to do that is to exercise. So you can also 
think about exercise as a way to kind of reduce the amount of stress in your brain and reduce the sort of energy you have where you're thinking, thinking, thinking. And if you exercise to exhaustion, especially, then I think it's a way to kind of break that cycle in your brain of thinking about whatever's going on in your head that may be bothering you. And speaking of what's in your head, you can clear your head before you go to bed by writing down your to-do list. We've talked about this before, but if you literally write down the things you need to do for the next day, it helps release them and allows you to relax more. And the final one, which you know is kind of under-recognized, is meditation and prayer. So if you say a little mantra before you go to bed, you say a little prayer, you get in the process of just trying to meditate or pray, it's another way to calm yourself down. So... You know, exercise relentlessly, clear your head, meditation and prayer. Those are the common ways that I think are very powerful to help you relax. The step three is to improve your sleep hygiene. So this includes your sleep-wake schedule, limiting caffeine or alcohol, and not drinking or eating two hours before you go to bed. So when you set a consistent sleep-wake schedule, there's a lot of data to suggest that is a very, very powerful way to sleep better. Always go to bed at 11. Always wake up at 7. Always go to bed at 10. Always wake up at 6. Whatever it is. Limiting your caffeine and alcohol clearly are valuable. And then not eating or drinking two hours before you go to bed. All three of those have, have published peer-reviewed data suggesting they're helpful for your sleep hygiene. Now, you all obviously should also keep your room as dark um, and, uh, interestingly, as cool and quiet as possible. And one of the other suggestions I have is to ban your phone from your bedroom. Now, I've talked to college students before that say, well, my bedroom, I can't put it out of my bedroom because I only have a dorm room. Well, turn it off, okay? Because part of your mind share, if that thing is sitting near your bed, is always going to be there. You have to have it in another room and turned off for you to start to let it go. And um, very hard to let go of that, but very important. The final suggestion about your sleep hygiene is to get an awesome pillow. Um, And getting an awesome pillow, I think, is a very, very personalized thing. I actually found the pillow I use right now in a discount bin at a technology store. It was like 29 bucks, but it's now like my Linus blanket. I absolutely love it. It's It's not even that fancy, but for me, it's perfect. The final step in terms of your sleep is to put it all together into something I call a sleep action plan. And that sleep action plan is to write down the intention to sleep better, write down two things to improve your relaxation, things like exercise, and one or two things to write down how to improve your sleep hygiene. That may be getting noise-canceling earbuds. That may be getting a fan or a white noise machine. That may be getting an eye, eye shade to block, um, eye mask to block out the sun, or excuse me, block out the sun or block out any light. But writing that that down, you know, and 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 really trying to operationalize how you sleep better, I think, is underrated. The final step, step five, is to consider sleep, professional help if you're still having trouble because you can you could have you know serious things like sleep apnea or other medical problems that are causing that. So remember, sleep is the foundation of your physical and mental well-being. And I think if you make it a primary priority, you're going to watch your vitality soar. I used to ignore sleep. I thought, you know, I could sleep when I was dead. But now sleep has become sacrosanct for me. That means it's become sacred. It has become so, so important. And Remember a guy who spends $2 million a year, he said, get the basics right. And the one thing he said, and this is part of the reason we're talking about this, is that the the one thing he just does not negotiate about is his sleep. 
Okay, so um, we're gonna have one more left. And again, if you want to read more about this or to see the slides that are associated with this, you can look at it on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site. You can consider becoming a paid subscriber to support this work and to gain access to over 250 scientific posts about how to enhance your physical, mental, social, or spiritual well-being. And these these posts are all I have created myself, all right? And they are based on scientific articles that where I review the article and then produce a summary for you, okay? The, the chapter uh, in my book on uh, called Dare to be Vital is partially also what we just talked about. It goes all over the other seven parameters in the Vitality Octagon, and you can pick that up on Amazon if you'd like. The final thing we're, we're gonna talk about this week is weightlifting for your lungs. Now that sounds a little dumb, right? A little crazy. But there's a lot of interesting and emerging data that suggests that breathing against a resistive device, so this is sort of like a mouthpiece that has resistance in it, so when you breathe in and out, this type of action, this type of exercise can lower your blood pressure, lower your body's inflammation, and increase your athletic performance. That's pretty crazy, right? Remember, this, this, all the information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Just always check with your personal physician prior to trying any exercise routine, including and especially this one. I think before we get into the why resistive breathing helps you, we should talk about the physiology of breathing. A little, little, uh, little biology here for you. It's kind of crazy that we automatically breathe when we're awake and when we're asleep. So it's remarkable, I think. And we don't think about our breathing until there's a problem, like an asthma attack or if we get a hacking cough or bronchitis. Uh, when, we, when we breathe, <clears throat> we have inspiratory and expiratory mu- uh, uh, muscles. So these are surrounding our lungs, around our rib cage and our diaphragm. They're called the intercostal muscles. There's accessory muscles in your neck as well. But our lungs expand uh, with air when we contract our diaphragm and our muscles around our ribs. And this allows for the exchange of oxygen for carbon dioxide in deep, deep sacs in our lung called alveoli. You don't have to remember that. But basically, when we breathe, we're exchanging carbon dioxide out and breathing um, uh, oxygen in. All right. So we're often told to lift weights to improve our muscles and our arms or our legs or our abs. But we almost nobody mentions that our lung function is directly related to our lung muscle function. Okay, so inspiratory muscle strength training, also known as IMST, is a novel way to improve your lung function. And so this published study, which was a double-blind, prospective, randomized trial, uh, showed that it could lower your blood pressures. And here's one of the conclusions from the study. And again, you can see the references in the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. Quote, this is the first trial in healthy midlife and older adults to show that high resistance Inspiratory muscle strength training lowers blood pressure. Think about that. You're using a little device, and what they found is that the trial found that there was statistically lower systolic and diastolic blood pressure um, at six weeks. And here's all they had to do. This is kind of crazy. They just had to do 30 inspiratory and expiratory maneuvers, five sets of six. So a total of 30, uh, six days a week for six weeks. So I've been doing this a little bit myself. You're talking about two to three minutes of time per day, max, okay? And they also found that this particular regimen lowered the levels of C-reactive protein, CRP, the most established marker of systemic inflammation. So you can lower your blood pressure, you can lower your inflammation in two minutes per day in a non-pharmacologic way. This is crazy, right? The studies used the device 
Um, you know, and they, you know, they definitely better than the sham group where there wasn't resistance. And here's a, another quote from the paper, quote, our results provide support for high resistance uh, strength training for your lungs is a promising lifestyle intervention for improving cardiovascular function and possibly de- decreasing cardiovascular risk and other clinical disorders such as cognitive dysfunction and chronic kidney disease. So high blood pressure is associated with um, cognitive defu- dysfunction and chronic kidney disease, but lowering your blood pressure naturally by using a, a, a device that helps it has you breathe against resistance seems crazy good. The, f- the other study, which is very interesting for those people who are just not interested in maybe lowering their blood pressure, but increasing their athletic performance, this was the effects of resp- respiratory pressures, um, biomarkers on sports performance. Again, you can look at it as a systematic review and meta-analysis. And the paper found that breathing against resistance could improve maximal inspiratory pressure, also known as MIP, maximal inspiratory pressure in a physically active population. So MIP, M-I-P, is a measure of how well you inspire with your lungs, such as your diaphragm. So there's a couple charts there you can see on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site. The paper also found improvements in what's called forced vital capacity, FVC, and this is like how forcefully you can exhale. So Um, Importantly, the paper also concluded that breathing against resistance or resistance breathing can result in, quote, substantial improvements in sports performance. Wow. Okay. I've been at this actually now on and off for about a year. But after reading these two studies again and reading the sports performance study, I uh, have a, a breathing resistance tool, toy tool that I bought off Amazon. You can see it on, on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site. Uh, I'm trying to track my blood pressure and track my mile time. I don't know if this, this is the best way to do it, but I'm a, on a quest to do both of those. And here are my conclusions based on this data is that I think this is a non-pharmacologic way to lower blood pressure, lower inflammation, and potentially improve our sports performance. And this is really important because high blood pressure is sort of what they call the silent killer. And it's associated with a myriad of problems, cardiovascular disease, dementia, kidney, and erectile dysfunction. Okay, maybe that's the best reason why people who are thinking about this should try, right? So inflammation reduction is also um, super important in terms of things like cancer, autoimmune disorders, and dementia, and it can shorten your lifespan. So if you're looking for a simple way to consider this, check with your doctor beforehand. Uh, This information continues to be investigated, and it's not really well discussed. So I think we need specific, actionable trials um, before we could really widely recommend it. Um, But I think it's something that we will continue to explore uh, uh, in this space and, uh, and look into because I think it's a fascinating way to make a big potential difference. The final component of your breathing that's that's not again tied to these studies is your your oxygen saturation. You know, that little thing you can put on your finger if you've had a surgical procedure, if you go to the doctor's office, that is really really tightly coordinated correlated with how long you live. So if you're 96% or above on your O2 sat, you're going to do very well. If you drop down to 94, you're going to you're going to have an increased risk of literally dying. And if you are below 94 or below significantly below that, you're at risk for dying even sooner. So I think we don't think of our lungs as something that we can do weightlifting for. Resistive breathing is an interesting way to consider weightlifting for your lungs. So on this week's Vitality News Explore Vitality <laughs> Explorer News podcast, we've covered the two million dollar man who spends that amount of money per year in search of the fountain of youth. We talked about how to optimize your sleep. 
And then we finished with weightlifting for your lungs. I'm going to repeat that C.S. Lewis quote here. You're never too old to dream big. And then my modification, you are never too young to dream big. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, edition of the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. Please please leave us a five-star rating on Apple if you're enjoying this and or share this with your friends and family. And until next time, get out there and dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful week. This has been Dr. Alan Mishra from Vitality Explorer News.